You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, that's it. The Combine has officially wrapped up, at least as far as the on-field, everything, everything. And um, I got to be honest, I don't, I don't think there's too many people, maybe some of the high-level people, the teams and, you know, the Daniel Jeremiah's who are super plugged into these things. Maybe this went kind of as they expected. But I think for me and for most people, um, our opinion of the entire draft class has changed. And uh, despite the fact that I think this is a, a, a trend that is going to continue, this is still an unbelievable thing that took place. Um, for example, if you just look from 2019 to 2020, 2020 to 2021, there's always a little bit more. Like there's one guy that's maybe going to break that, you know, uh, the 4-2-2 record. There's, there's, you know, one or two guys that's going to run in the four twos or, or whatever the case may be, you know, or, or there's always one extra guy, you know, there, there was one before and then there's two and then there's three. This was, this was just, it wasn't just like one crazy thing. It wasn't just like there's a lot of four, two guys or one guy that's going to break the record maybe, or, you know, one really good position group. This was just kind of down the line. Again, you could say quarterback, no, not so much running back maybe not so much but wide receiver and it's not it's it's a very specific thing right because it's not necessarily the best wide receivers we've ever seen or the best tight ends we've ever seen or anything like that it's just the most athletically freakish draft class by far i'm not even going to bother to look it up i'm not going to bother and for a team like the packers and don't get me wrong everybody would like to have more athleticism, that it still comes down to how good of a football player are you. But um, again, that's that's still going to be a question for all teams is finding good football players. But the the top end for this group, I think the point is when you find a good one, you're you're going to have a lot of guys that ran really fast forties and jumped really high and you know did fast three cones and all that stuff that are just going to bust out, right? And, and there may not even be a bigger hit rate than usual. You know, let's say. Seven percent of the draft class ends up being really solid contributors, or ten percent, or whatever the number would generally be. That number may still be the exact same. It might even be a little bit lower. Again, you know, you look at the top end, and it's like there really isn't like those types of guys. But my suspicion is, when you get a hit, it's going to be a big hit. You know, it's it's sort of like the Rashawn Gary. Very high probability that he was just going to bust because, you know, you look at what he did in college and you kind of just wince and go, yeah, I don't know. Especially given the fact that he's he, he was seen more as a really good edge setter. And I know some people saw the vision, right? You, and, and that's the goal for a lot of these guys is to see the vision. There's a big conversation about um, about Jordan Davis, who, by the way, we talked about Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman that ran in the 4.8s at 340-some-odd pounds. 
according to MathBomb, with his RAS, and it's, you know, th- th- there is no flawless system, but it's relative athleticism, right? Relative to your size, how tall and, and heavy you are, um, you know, looking at your speed and your explosion and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and it's, it's fairly accurate based, well, it's, it's math, right? I'm just saying there are probably other ways to, to look at it. But according to his system, which is seen as a very good system for this metric, this is the second freakiest athlete in the history of the NFL, at least since people have been doing the combine and, and for only people that have done the combine. There's some people that are freaks that have not done it. But Megatron is the only player that has graded higher than Jordan Davis. But there's still the question of, yeah, but can he be a pass rusher? And most people look at it and say, well, look how fast he is. Of course he can be a pass rusher. Okay, but he still hasn't really done it. And, and the point is, that's going to raise concerns. And the same thing happened with Rashawn Gary. I mean, we all looked at his athleticism and went, yeah, but he still can't do it. For whatever reason. I don't know why he can't, but he can't. And it was my concern. And, 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 you know, once we drafted him, you look at it and go, well, obviously he has the tools. It's a matter of can you get that out of him? And I think with Jordan Davis, there may be a, a, a secondary thing here where you just look at the guy and go, well, it's probably the way that they used him. And you say, well, why would you use a guy that, that's that big of a freak to be just sort of like a, a, a two-gapping, you know, plug the hole, you know, grab two offensive linemen and stop them from moving laterally so the rest of the defense could swarm. Why would you take a guy like Jordan Davis and make him do that? Have you seen the rest of the defensive line? They're all freaks. <laughs> Who are you going to make do that job? The defensive lineman standing right next to him is even faster. And I know speed isn't the only thing, but, I mean, if, if you got one guy that's kind of holding the line and the other guy's kind of shooting the gap a little bit more so, and I, I know I'm speaking very generally, but I'm just saying, let's say you had to pick a guy, there's nothing wrong with making uh, your 340-pound monster just hold everybody up and let the other guy kind of run free a little bit. Same with the linebacker, because, you know, he's also an athletic freak. Same with your edge rushers, because they're unbelievable athletic freaks. That entire defensive line, I mean, it's Again, talent is is a kind of a separate issue, but we know how good the Georgia defense was. Unbelievably good. And now you can kind of see why. And Eric Stokes was a part of that as well. Think about how much of a freak he is. Even when we drafted him, we looked at it and said, our team is nothing but athletic freaks, and he might be the freakiest. Jair Alexander is a freak. Darnell Savage is a freak. Kevin King is, you know, his height, for his height and his speed, he's a he's an athletic dude. Even Amos is is a, you know, fairly athletic guy. But Stokes comes in and kind of stands alone in that regard. And so the point is, if, if Jordan Davis were to come in and say you wanted to free him up a little bit and have him do some different things, maybe just in a completely different scheme, um, maybe you'd, you'd, you could run him on more stunts. Maybe jo- I don't know what Georgia did. But the point is, if you wanted him to do that, he could easily execute that. In fact, you can take some of the more def- the athletic defensive linemen that are out there. And it's, it's not just the straight line speed. You saw him run the drills. And if you haven't, you, you can go look it up. But um, the guy moves again. If if I had to compare it to somebody, it would be more like a 250 pound edge rusher. You know, I mean, he's not. It's not the smoothest thing you've ever seen. It's it's hard to move 340 pounds. But you know, you watch the edge rusher clash. He he kind of fits with them a little bit more so. You know, maybe linebackers like a bigger linebacker or something. He moves effortlessly. And if you want, again, if you want to send a guy like that on a stunt. You want, to, you want to have him just blast the guy in front of him, step back and run around the corner. He can do that with, with ease. So, you know, uh, but the point is, again, 
the questions remain. And I'll say this, one more thing about Jordan Davis. There's a lot of people who are saying, well, everybody said the same thing about Vita Vea and look at him. First of all, I never said that about Vita Vea. I don't remember, maybe people did, but I remember watching Vita Vea and just being absolutely in love with that guy. On top of that, I can show you the stats, they're not the same. So I don't necessarily know if I buy it. And again, maybe Vita Vea was just used differently, so that's why you have different stats. But I, I don't buy that line that, well, it's the same as Vita Vea. He's a really big athletic guy that everybody said couldn't do anything but be a run defender, and look at him now. I mean, and if you just look at sacks, I think in their final year, they both had three sacks. So you go, yeah, well, there you go. It's not just sacks, though. Jordan Davis, with all that athleticism, 8.9% pressure rate. The year before, 3.2% pressure rate. The year before that, 4.6%. And the year before that, 4.7%. So again, this isn't just, well, he didn't do it very often. He didn't get many opportunities. This is when he was trying. This is on a passing down, right? The quarterback dropped back. So you're not trying to just stop the running back from running. Your only goal in in this instance right now is to get to the quarterback. He's never cracked double digits. In fact, him getting to 8% was about doubling his normal production. That's horrendous. Vita Vea, 6'4", 347, had a 13% pressure rate in 2017. By the way, he just graded out better across the board. Better overall, better run defender, better pass rush, better tackling. Across the board, he just graded out better. So there's no question Jordan Davis is more athletically freaky than Vita Vea, but Vita Vea was by far more productive. And so if you're turning on the tape, you're, you're having to see much more nuance. And, and, and again, you got Sam Holman who watched... The same thing, I, and again, I didn't really watch, I didn't even watch a full game of his, but I turned it on and I'm like, mm, I don't know. The, the only thing I definitely noticed was when he kind of broke free and tracked guys down from behind. It's like, that guy shouldn't be moving that fast. I didn't know it was going to be athletically freakiest thing of all time, but it's certainly noticeable when you see a guy that size moving as quickly as he did, hunting people down from behind. But that's not generally what you're going to want your guy to do. He's still just a 4'8". Edge rushers are going to be faster than that. The corners are going to be able to get there faster. The linebackers are going to be able to get there faster. Generally, those are the guys that are going to be hunting people down. The year before that, he was, again, 13%. So for two years in a row, he was at 13% pressure rate. So he always had the ability to be a pass rusher. When I watched him, I saw a really good pass rusher, despite the fact that he was 347. I was a massive Vita Vea fan. In fact, he was one of the guys I wanted the Packers to take. Jordan Davis, again, haven't watched him a ton, but you kind of look at him and go, eh. And, and look, I mean, when, when two guys go at him, he holds the line, and that's great. But if we're talking top 10, I need to see more than that. And maybe I don't need to see more than that. And, and maybe the teams don't need to see more than that. They look at what he's done. They, you know, you look at those specific instances, and you say, that's what he can do. That's what we're going to have him do, right? Same with Justin Jefferson. My concern was, I'd, everything I've seen him do is amazing, but he only does like one thing. I would really like to be able to see him do a couple other things, so I, just, just so I know he can do it. The Vikings looked at it and said, I don't need to. Or we've seen the one or two times he did it, and he clearly can do it. This guy's a freak. We're taking him. And that may be the case with Jordan Davis as well. It doesn't ultimately matter for us, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm looking at it more broadly and just saying that there is a disconnect somewhat between production and athleticism. But people are going to take a guy like Jordan Davis because they know, first of all, he's got the tools to make it easy to teach him up. And, and even, even if it's not that easy, coaches and GMs tend to believe in themselves maybe a little bit more than they should, and the Packers are A number one at that. And again, I've always kind of disliked that because I would rather them just get good football players, but their hit rate has been pretty solid. And it's been pretty incredible because, again, when you draft a guy that's that super athletic, 
and he does hit, he hits in a big way. That's why you get a guy like Jair Alexander. He's an athletic freak. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good football player, but if he does, what do you get out of him? Well, you end up getting one of the best corners in all of football. With Rashawn Gary, there, there's that, the guy absolutely could have busted out, but if he hits, you're looking at, again, what we had last year, which is one of the best pass rushers in all of football. Nobody really noticed it because his sack numbers weren't that high, but he was statistically one of the best edge rushers in the entire NFL. Now, Darnell Savage is a question mark. Right? He had a pretty good rookie year. He seemed to regress in, in his second year. Or excuse me, I think he had a pretty good second year regress in year three. But there's also been a lot of changes, right? He had the, the Mike Pettin year, year one. Then we brought in um, Gray in year two, and it seemed to help. And then we brought in Joe Barry, which changed the scheme around a little bit, and he seemed to regress. So it's, we're kind of getting into year two of this system, and you're hoping that he can take a jump. And again, there's no question what his upside can be. You know, his best game was was like one of the best game individual grades of any player that entire year. I mean, that's sort of the upside. You just want that more regularly. And we said the same thing about Rashawn. He'd have these freakish games, but then he would just kind of fall off. And it's like what we need from him is consistency. And we pretty much got that last year. And so but but the point is, there's no guarantee that Savage is ever going to be that good of a football player. You're not going to hit on everybody. But I think the Packers are just betting on we can find the right ones, the guys that can produce, that are a good fit for our system, that we believe we can turn that production and that athleticism into a really good football player. And if we can, you don't just get a good football player, you get a freak. And that same with A.J. Dillon. We have not seen his upside yet. We have not seen his top end yet. And especially if we can get this offensive line to create a couple actual holes, not just, you know, a pile for him to plow into and push. I think, you know, I think his top end can be something really special. And so the, the point is, if the Packers can continue that, and hopefully not just in the first and second rounds, I mean, we really need them to start hitting on the third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. I mean, it gets a much harder fifth, sixth, seventh round. But we need a little bit more of that. Ted Thompson was a, was a freak in the middle round. And it seems to be kind of a weak spot for um, Brian Gutekunst. Not 100% a weak spot. And, and believe me, I'll, I'll take hitting on the first two rounds, because that's where you find your best players anyways. But um, this is a great opportunity to be able to get the kind of players that the Packers really like, even in the middle rounds. And if we can hit on them, you know, again, I, I don't know that, you know, MVS is kind of up for debate. You look at his size and speed and all that and say, you know, I wish we could have gotten a little more. But at the same time, again, go back and look at that draft class, look at the wide receivers drafted you pick five wide receivers in either direction, later or prior to, and ask me how often we've seen those guys play, how much they contribute. That entire draft class, there's probably five guys left at wide receiver, and MVS is one of them. And word is, if he does leave, he's probably going to get a good amount of money, supposedly the Jaguars or something. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. By the way, that is a project that I would like to undertake, but I don't really have time. I'll try to give you as much resources as I possibly can, but if somebody's interested in that job, I would love to make that a thing. And the basic thing is, you're going to aggregate every single sort of insider breaking news, guess what kind of thing, and we're going to rank and score media members. If that sounds like something you want to do, and I fully intend for that to eventually be a paid thing, maybe it will be out of the gate. I don't know. We got to see how committed you are and if you were really going to make this a big thing or whatever, because I would love to be able to have that. And there's a lot of news out there. Maybe it'll be a team of people. I don't know. But if we got to build that out and make it a whole big website, let's do it. Because I just, I just want that to be a thing. I think that would be awesome. But you, you have to be somebody with no life <laughs> and just a lot of free time. You can't be someone like me who has a family and a job and a hobby and a bunch of activities with the kids and everything else. It's not going to work. 
So let me know if you're interested, because I really want that to be a thing. I, I had mentioned that Walter Football had kind of... Let me check his website. I know he did that for a while. He was, like, grading... Um, maybe it was just the draft. I don't really remember. I know he seems like he's kind of getting... Not walk the mock. That's something else. I don't go to Walter Football anymore. Walter, I should probably pause this so you don't have to hear me looking things up. So he's got here his NFL rumor log, but I thought at the end of... Um, I should use this more often, too, just as a general resource. But but this is what it would start off as. For example, you got the Bills here. The Bills have given Cole Beasley permission to seek a trade via Mark Garofolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is someone to keep an eye on during the Steelers' quarterback search, Ian Rappaport. And then, you know, and, and it's going to be kind of complicated, because if it does happen, were they right? I guess you give them credit for it. Some of these are kind of vague. Plus, you can't, you know, the Bills have given Cole Beasley permission to seek a trade. It's going to be hard to confirm or deny that. Just because he goes back doesn't mean he didn't have permission, I guess, unless somebody comes out and just flat out says it's not true. Anyways, he used to give out grades. Um, and actually, it was, it was, you know, you could say he's biased and lying, but somebody could have checked him out. Um, the guy that works for him actually usually got fairly high marks. I forget his name, but um, it, was, it was kind of interesting to see. And you see some of them are just complete garbage. You know, the, everything they said was wrong. I wish I could just find it as an example because it was such a... But again, it's a great resource. I can't find it. Let's just build it. And we can give like, you know, running tabs. There can be over the last month, year, whatever. Season, you know, season grades. And it's just, you know, there's just a scoring system. There's a, there's a hit, there's a miss, and there's a uh, unconfirmed, I guess. Anyways, just a thought. And here you go. Here's your first rumor via JJ four hours ago. Four hours ago. What do you go to bed, JJ? Per Aaron Wilson NFL, the Packers have shown interest in signing Von Miller. So we'll have to get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> we'll get to the Packers news in a little bit, but that's what I'm talking about right there. Aaron Wilson, Packers have shown, and you got to figure out who exactly started it because sometimes people are reporting other people's reports. But again, the, 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 at the end of the day, it's just freak after freak after freak. And, and we saw that again um, yesterday, you've got just a pile of guys that are really, really, really talented. The biggest freak of them all, uh, Tariq Woolen, I think was largely expected, but a perfect 10, which is unconfirmed at this point because there's a couple unconfirmed, like his splits and whatnot. He also didn't do any agility stuff, but what he did do, he's six foot four, so giant, six foot four, 205, ran a four, two, six. I mean, that's just crazy. And again, it doesn't mean he's going to be anything in the NFL as of right now. And again, he may shoot up the boards, but we're talking about 88th overall, late third, early fourth round pick, maybe. And again, maybe this will shoot him up into the second round, but he's still just a second round guy. And just like MVS, you got the height, you got the speed and all that stuff. Why would they get drafted so much later? Because at the end of the day, you need to be a good football player. There's all kinds of track stars out there that aren't playing in the NFL. There's tracks. I mean, we, if we go out and just find the fastest people in the NFL, they're going to make these players look silly. You can find people that can jump. You can find people that are, you know, do all these different drills and just crush it. But that doesn't mean they're good football players. And at the end of the day, and again, this has been my issue with the Packers always looking for athleticism, is if you prioritize that as opposed to just get me good football players, you're going to miss out on good football players. But... Again, they've done a really good job of not missing very often, especially, I mean, when they go out and get just the freaks, you know, it's when they get those mid-round, like, he's pretty good type of guys, generally that's where we falter. Maybe we should just stick to freaks and, you know, see how it goes. I don't know. But, I mean, you've got so many guys that are so athletic that are peppered throughout. I have no doubt 
And I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to have to offer several reminders because I have a, a hunch, given the Packers penchant for this and just how many people are athletically freaky throughout the draft, we're going to get guys kind of like MVSs, where you got just this freakish human being that goes so much later and everyone's going to say, this guy's going to be great, just watch. For example, the second highest uh, RAS score is Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. He's currently ranked 209th. If we drafted him, let's say in the fifth round, sixth round, whatever, people are going to look at that and they're going to say, you don't understand. He's a guy that fell because he went to Sam Houston State, but he has one of the most athletic guys in this class. I bet he's going to be a star. That'll be what the majority of Packers Twitter says, because most fans refuse to acknowledge why a guy at 209 is sitting at 209. They'll make any excuse they can to convince themselves that we got a star that should have been like a second or third round prospect that fell. But on the other side of that, there's a really good chance that at least one of these times, the fans are going to be right. They'll be wrong more often than right, but there's a really good chance that one of these times, whether it be Zion McCollum or, you know, some fifth, sixth round tight end, there's a good chance that we're going to draft somebody in the mid to late rounds with superior athleticism. And by the way, this also applies to undrafted free agents. There are some of these guys that are just not going to get drafted. And it, it, it'll be fun. I mean, it's going to be a little bit annoying to kind of have to reel everybody in and just say, listen, that this doesn't even mean we get a higher hit rate. We need to kind of calm down. You know, 40 time doesn't necessarily translate to good football player or RAS score in general, which I know most people know that, but you're, you're going to see this kind of spiral out of control, which is fine. I mean, you can have some fun with it, but we got to be a little realistic as well. But again, at the same time, the odds are, let's say, I don't know, two percent, uh, excuse me, 2% would be really bad. 10%, 20% of our draft class, which is, let's say, one or two, of these guys do hit, or three. Again, the, the, the really good thing is, if you're a hit, that means that you can actually utilize your skill set. And if a guy that runs this fast and jumps this high is utilizing his skill set to his fullest potential, you got a really good football player. I think I've made that point already, but I'm, I'm trying to really make it clear what I think about this draft class. I don't know that it has more talented football players. In fact, it may have less than usual. It's obviously up for debate. That's not really interesting to me, but, but I'm, I'm making that point anyways. In terms of really good football players, I don't know that this is a superior draft class. In terms of athletic freaks, it is. And as a result, I think when people hit, you're, there, there's a very good chance that there's not more talent in this class. But we're going to look back on this class and say this is one of the best that we've seen because the guys that hit are so good. It's not because there's more, you know, just general starters. Nobody's going to pay attention to that. Nobody cares. When we look back at generational draft classes, it's the time we look at, you know, what was the one with like Lane Johnson or something? It was just a first round and pretty much everybody in the first round got a hit and they're all just superstars. It was like 2013 or something. I don't remember. Or that was a really bad one. It was one of the two, but... The point is, everybody just looks at the first round, they look at the superstars, and they say, wow, it's a lot of superstars in the first round. Nobody did the homework to say what was the hit general hit rate across seven rounds, and, and hit rate just means, you know, started at least, you know, the majority of, of at least one season. Like, no, nobody cares. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially for us, because I think it's going to be easier to get behind some of these guys. If nothing else, maybe the hype is, is, is overrated. Maybe we shouldn't be as excited as we are. It's a little bit silly because, again, it comes down to being a good football player, not just your straight line speed. 
But if that if if all that means that we just get a little giddy about some stupid stuff and we just learn to fall in love with this entire class so we can get behind the people that the Packers pick and actually root for the guys in the in the in the with the G on their helmet, then I'm all for it. Any excuse to just fall in love with the guys that we draft, great. Because we need more of that. We we you know, I mean, yeah, I understand some people are, are are too simplistic with their analysis or whatever, or they don't have any. They're just excited. But I'd rather have that than having a bunch of people say, Well, I only liked three guys and you didn't draft one of the three guys, and all three were available, therefore I hate this entire draft class. I hate the team. Gutekunst is an idiot, he should be fired, I'm a genius, and everyone else is stupid. Because that's far more obnoxious than just saying, I don't know, I'm a Packer fan, so he's gonna be a freak. At least those people know they don't know. You don't know and you think you know, and that's really annoying. Well, Matt Miller told me, come on, man, let's not do that, all right? So again, let's try to get hyped up. I've made a personal goal, and I told you this already. I've got some stuff that I was going to do. I've been keeping up on doing the lower tier things, which is getting questions, getting polls, getting all that kind of stuff out to interact with Patreon. Um, But there's other higher levels that I want to contribute to that I have not done yet, but I I still intend to do that. And the, the thing I really would like to do is to start putting together little draft profiles. Just for resources, it's all going to be on Patreon. Um, it'll be sort of that extra tier. So I've, I've really only got like, th- I've got a bunch of tiers, but really there's only three. There's the intro tier that starts at a dollar, which is any questions, comments, concerns, any polls, all that stuff goes right there. There's the $5 tier, which is just sort of extra content. If I do some kind of extra thing with Coach Hawn, I'll put it there. Uh, I haven't utilized it a ton. It's kind of low-hanging fruit, but I just, I don't know what to do with it especially since any kind of research or anything that I do, I'm going to want to share that with everybody. I have a podcast after all, but I think that's where I would put things like my draft profiles, which will be a little bit my opinion, just so you know it. But then a lot of it is just compiling information so that you have it as a resource. Now, Patreon is not the greatest in terms of like being a website that's accessible and, and being able to search around, but it's, it's good enough and it's something for you to utilize if you want it. And then the $10 and up tier was for the bonus podcast, which I have not done in a long time. And honestly, every time I think about it, I'm like, it's kind of like a ranty podcast and I'm just not mad about anything. I don't know what to really talk about. So I got to kind of expand that out a little bit and think about what to do. I don't know if anybody even likes that podcast, but um, it's something that I said I would do and I need to kind of honor that. So if you have any ideas, let me know. Plus, there was this whole thing where I kept, I I did like multiple podcasts in my car, but all the apps are garbage. So I got to get that. I actually think I paid for one and I have not used it since. And I don't even remember which one it is that I paid for. Oh, life. But anyways, uh, I don't even know how we got here. That's my opinion on the the class. And again, I'm not going to go through necessarily everybody that's in here for the corners. I did that with all the other um, classes kind of to kind of change it up each time. But the narrative doesn't really change, you know. As far as the top line guys, the only real interesting thing here is, as I said, Derek Stingley, apparently somebody had mentioned, and this is not concrete, but I think it was Matt Miller actually said somebody that he talked to said he may fall into the 20s or whatever. I've been saying that since before the start of last year. I said, I don't understand the Derek Stingley hype. The guy had one good year basically as a rookie. I mean, I get it in terms of obviously he can do things athletically and and as a football player that very few people can. He's one of those guys that you heard about before he came out of high school. Right. And I don't pay that close of college attention. So if I know your name before you play your first snap as a freshman, plus you're in LSU and you're starting as a freshman and you're maybe the best player on that defense as a freshman, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, this guy's a freak and he's good. The problem is, though, after that year, he didn't do anything. 
So he's had like two two years of not doing very much. Plus, there's an injury on top of it, which everyone's using as an excuse. But if unless he's been injured for two straight years, he just has not been very productive. He's not been very good. And even his rookie year was not like the most elite year in the history of the world. I mean, so somebody's going to take a flyer on him. But the fact that he has never been outside of the top ten, I just don't buy it. And and here here's the thing: I have one gift on this planet when it comes to football, and one only. I'll only say this once because generally I want you to believe that I am gifted in all respects, but I will tell you the honest truth. There is one gift that I have, and that is in a couple months after the draft, you're going to start seeing 2023 draft stuff. Most of you won't care, but if you're interested, I am a very valuable resource at that time. You know why? Because I will tell you which players in the top 10, top 20, whatever, have no chance of being there when the time comes. (laughs) When... Derek Stingley, I mean, and we'll see. Maybe he ends up going top 10 because he's still not drifting, but I don't think he will. There have been a couple players that I have said, usually, usually when you hear me put my foot down on something, it's going to be that, for example, Brian Burns was one. He was a, so it kind of goes both ways, I guess. He was like back of the first round, or whatever, and I looked at him like, I don't think so. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was, was a guy that the Packers are going to be able to pick way at the back of the first round, and I'm like, I have no idea how that's possible. This guy's way too good. He ended up going, I think, top five. Um, this year, the two guys that I dug my heels in on, number one, Keaton Slovis. He's a quarterback that was considered basically, it was him and Sam Howell. They were like the number one and number two picks. Sam Howell was number one. Keaton Slovis was supposed to be the number two best player. And I looked at, basically a lot of it is looking at PFF. Not always. I mean, the pass rushers, it was me looking at them personally. There's, there's different ways of going about it. But I basically looked at what Keaton has done, his statistics, his grades, everything, and just said, no chance. No chance in the world. I mean, if he, if he was like a Lamar that could run all over the place, maybe. But even then, I would be skeptical. This guy can't do There's no way. I don't even know where he is right now. Maybe he's just out of Maybe he's not even declared for this uh, draft anymore. But then it just applies to next year. Um, there's no chance because Slovis is, is terrible. Oh, there you go. So he's on the big board for 2023. So he obviously went back. But he went to Pitt. I don't believe that's where he was before. And he's currently sitting at 139. So I'm still taking that as a win. They're trying to bury him in the 2023 depth chart as though that wasn't just a big thing where all year they said he was going to be like the number one or number two pick in the, in the NFL draft. No chance. Get out of my face. But anyways, why don't we go ahead and uh, take a little break. Remember to check out my Twitter uh, pinned to the top there. You can find uh, help for Drew to get his seizure service dog. We're about halfway to his goal. And uh, if you've got any extra, it'd be great if you could help him out. I know times are definitely tough right now. Gas alone is is brutal, as is literally everything, <laughs> groceries, and it's kind of horrible, but every little bit will help. And then, of course, in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, any and all help you can give for Jamie and Carter, who are in a uh, really bad accident, had to be flight for life uh, to the hospital, and are, are um, again, as the post said, they have a long road ahead of them. So uh, anything you can do, thank you very much to Dennis, um, who also donated to the other uh, fund recently. Um, Thank you very much for your donation. And again, I I know some of you, it's, you know, I don't have Twitter or I don't have Facebook or whatever. I was a little late to one of the messages asking me for this, but if you, if you need it, I might be a little slow to respond, but just reach out and I will get you the, uh, the links to these. Finally, don't forget about A Modern Frontier. You can get you some meat, one eighth grass fed beef box, one quarter pork pasture pork box. I don't know, man. Pasture pork beef box. Beat beat it, bada bing. I don't think he has pickled peppers, but I'm not sure. He probably, I, you know, should ask him about that. If anybody wants pickled peppers, I bet he would do it. It seems like it's up his alley. 
But anyways, use uh, promo code MEATPACKER. That's one word, all caps. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we might as well start off with the rumor that the Packers are in on Von Miller. Um, my only thought on that is baloney. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just I, I need to f- figure out how we're just going to bring back the guys that we want to bring back before we figure out how to pay this massively expensive edge rusher that we really don't need because it's supposedly we're close to uh, coming to an agreement with Preston and obviously Rashawn is still here. That doesn't mean we don't need more, but there's no reason to pay even more money for a guy for like one more year. I understand, well, you know, we're kind of going all in one more time, fine, but can't afford Von Miller, especially if we're talking about a one-year deal. It's not like you can spread that out. You can't spread out a one-year deal. It's just, it is what it is. But uh, we're going to keep our uh, keep our ear to the ground on, on whatever news and rumors are, are floating around out there. Um, now that things are... This is the time when things really start to pick up. And unfortunately, you know, this is really a time when a lot of the news and rumors become a little bit more true because people were all just together. They were all just hearing things. So you kind of, but it's also, it's also been really bad recently with a lot of very specific and very incorrect reports. So it's kind of, you want to buy into some of this stuff, but at the same time, again, it's been such a terrible, terrible hit rate. But um, hopefully we start to hear some things. I mean, it's, it's, forget the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I, I don't care about any of that. Even kind of Devontae, I guess. I mean, I'm not opposed to hearing, you know, that they started talks again or, or whatever the case may be. They're, they're meeting this weekend. Okay, fine. I'm more talking about the Packers are interested in so-and-so. And, you know, there, there was the one year that I think there was a Badgers running back who was told by a scout and overheard by somebody apparently that 
they told this running back that we may be taking multiple, as, as many as three running backs this year. And I think that was the year we took Jamal and Aaron Jones. So we did end up taking back-to-back, you know, two running backs. So it's just little stuff like that. You really got to pay attention. This, this is a hard time of year because you got to take studious notes, especially for me, because I can't retain anything. And if you want to be on top of things in terms of not just what are the Packers doing, but what is everybody else doing, which is really important if you want to figure out who's going to be available for the Packers, because you got to figure out who's going to be taken before the Packers, obviously. And in order to do that, you got to stay up on what teams are saying. So I'm going to be trying to work uh, pretty hard on that and keeping track of all those kinds of things, looking at trajectories of different players. As I said, it's still a little bit early for that, but you're starting to see it. For example, one of the cool tools they have on this site here is the um, biggest risers. And if you look over one week, you kind of see a lot of stuff because the you know it's, it's a lot of different things mixed in. But I can look at one day. Who are the guys that have moved up most in one day? Now, some of this is just other guys falling, but you've got guys, for example, like Malik Willis has gone up two spots. As I said, he's going to keep climbing as a quarterback. You've got John Ridgway, the defensive tackle, Joshua Williams, the cornerback. The, the biggest riser is Ali Fayad, edge rusher out of Western Michigan, went up six spots in one day. But you also see Jamison Williams went up two spots out of Alabama. MyJ Sanders, the edge rusher. Nick Benito, so a lot of these edge rushers who did really well in the testing, going up quite a bit. Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin has gone up two spots. Then you got guys that are falling, like Wandale Robinson. Uh, Kyle, ha- uh, Kyle Hamilton actually went down a spot. His testing wasn't quite as good as some people thought. I don't think that's going to hurt his draft stock too much, but you're going to see him maybe dip a little bit, especially with so many other freaks involved. So um, Derek Stingley went down a spot, as expected. Kenny Pickett is starting to drift downward. David Bell, as I said, is starting to drift. Jahan Dotson. And again, th- th- there's, there's sort of an inverse correlation between you know, if, if you get leapfrogged by somebody, it's not necessarily that you're even necessarily worse, but somebody that's better went up higher than you. But this is going to continue, going to keep an eye on this. The biggest riser over the last week, and again, it's, it's, it's too early to assume that this is because of um, what happened yesterday, but um, Cam Taylor Britt, cornerback out of Nebraska, um, he did run a 4.38. So he's 5'11, about 200 pounds, ran a 4.38. So that's a guy that is rising the fastest right now. Biggest faller is Luke Gadecki, offensive guard out of Central Michigan. Another thing that we can track, again, using this site, and, and, and again, we're all we're really doing is tracking um, sort of media consensus here. But that's fine because, you know, again, it, it, it all kind of comes back to some semblance of reality. If you look over the last several drafts, the first round really hasn't been that much of a surprise because it's kind of known what happens. But if you compare it to what we thought in November, there's a pretty big change. And again, what generally is going to happen is the media is going to get a lot of stuff right, and they're going to get a lot of stuff wrong. And then the combine is going to kind of correct some of that. And then some of the rumors coming out of the NFL are going to further correct that to kind of refine it to be a little bit more. Even if the media doesn't necessarily, let's say, like a guy um, super high, if, 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 if it becomes kind of common knowledge that a team is really interested in a guy, let's say he's he would generally be seen as like 12th overall. It turns out he's he's a candidate for number four overall, people are going to adjust their boards, especially if it's a, a, a noteworthy team that people, or that there's multiple teams that are interested around pick three, four, five that may take this player. They're going to adjust their boards because they want to look smart. And so even though we're just tracking the media, we're kind of, in a sense, tracking a system that lags behind the NFL, but follows it. So if you look at the consensus mock draft, and this is over, I don't know how long, a long time, the pick for the Packers has been Jahan Dotson. If you look over the last two months, it's Traylon Burks. 
has been the consensus over the last two months. If you change that, however, over the last week, it's shifted to Chris Olave. So it was Traylon Burks, and obviously it's always going to be a wide receiver. That's just the way it goes. But it was Traylon Burks. Then he became, sorry, not going to be a thing. Then it became Jahan Dotson. Whether it's a, a month or two weeks, it's been Jahan Dotson. But over the last week, with Jahan maybe not performing all that well, it's shifted to Chris Olave. Now, maybe he becomes a little bit out of range, and we'll see how that changes over time. But more recently, um, it has gone to, gone to Chris Olave as the consensus pick for the Packers. But the other thing we can look at is mock drafts that have been done since basically the combines have ended, because that'll give us the best kind of view. And, and again, these may be garbage mocks to begin with, but we've got, for example, Daniel Kelly out of Sports Illustrated. And it's cool because you've kind of seen the same mock drafts over and over again, but things change pretty drastically after this time. And this is a drastically different mock draft. For example, Aiden Hutchinson goes number one. That's not super surprising. Number two, and I said this, remember this? And, and again, maybe this is all fake. But number two pick, he's got Malik Willis to the Lions. Number three, Matt Corral to the Texans. Now, that isn't, a lot of people listening are like, well, that's stupid. That's not going to happen. Right. And you're saying that because that was the consensus before. And maybe you're right, but maybe things have changed a little bit. Maybe we need stuff like this to explore these things and see if there's how much pushback or this, that, or the other. But also, how much does that change everything after that? He's also got Nicobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia, going five. Almost nobody's been doing that. Remember, another Georgia guy, another presumed freak, Tyler Lindebaum going six, Garrett Wilson going seven, Jamison Williams going eight, so the wide receivers are flying off the board, Ikema Kwanu going at 10. So again, it's good because it gives you the opportunity to see, remember, you get 27 guys that are off the board prior to the Packers. Who's left? He's also got a guy that nobody talks about, and that's Jalen Petrie, safety out of Baylor, going 16. In fact, there's a bunch of guys on here. They, they put a little rare mark next to um, some of these because it's unusual to see, but you're probably going to, again, you're going to be seeing that more often. So it's good to see these little shakeups once in a while. There haven't been a ton of mocks recently because, you know, again, people probably want to wait until the, the combine is concluded, but you got uh, Kyle Stackpole out of CBS. This was done on the 4th, so you would have been... Um, kind of just after the wide receivers and stuff, but he has the Packers taking Chris Olave. Again, most people think, well, he's not going to be available. Okay, well, he's got 27 people that go before Olave, so he's available in this instance. Now, this is a little bit more traditional. Again, it's not after. It was kind of at the beginning of everything, but you got Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson, Aquan New, Kyle Hamilton, Charles Cross, et cetera, et cetera, but it's going to be really fun to track and see how these things change because even though you might not care about who the top five or top 10 or top 15 guys are, as these things start to shift, and as guys that were seen as potentially not or potentially being available become not available, that has to push somebody else out and to us, guys that we thought were not going to be available. And especially after the wide receivers went, we saw what Chris Olave did. And even after his adjusted time was nowhere near as fast as his initial time. And I'm not even saying I'm the biggest Olave fan, but I know most Packers, that's Packer fans, that's like their number one target. That and George Pickens. But after the wide receivers ran, the thought is there's no chance. Because even though there's a bunch of freaks, he is a freak among freaks, kind of. And, uh, you know, especially when you figure a lot of these guys were sub-185 and, and uh, uh, Olave is not. He's close, but he's not. But then again, you see the edge rushers crush. You see the defensive tackles crush. You see tight ends crush to, to, the, to a point where it wouldn't be impossible for somebody to go late first but before the Packers. Not likely, but it's not impossible. You see the tackles and the guards absolutely crush. So again, what are the odds? 
Certainly not impossible. And just based on what we saw, it's also not impossible that guys like, uh, you know, Drake London or Traylon Burks actually fall before or, or go after Olave does. But that just means it pushes them further down. So again, moving forward, the goal is going to be what, what we did at the Combine was just, here's just a scattershot view of, of what guys did. And for the most part, it's just look at all the freaks. Now it's time to kind of hone in. Pay attention to where people are moving. Get a, get a better idea of what the actual board looks like. Who are actually the, the 27 guys that are probably not going to be there? And really, there's only about 15 or so that you're going to be able to say 100% no chance, if even 15. Outside of that, there's always a chance. You never know. Some guys fall that are not expected to fall, and it might be a last-minute thing. It happens all the time. doesn't mean 15 guys are going to fall to you, or, or 12 or whatever, but there's a chance that one of those guys, two of those guys may drift out that were expected to be gone, end up falling. Maybe, and, and here's the thing, usually if they keep falling, that's not somebody the Packers want. They're usually not the team that's like, ooh, we're going to jump on this guy. Usually they sail right past the Packers because for whatever reason they're falling, the Packers are just as as cautious of it. They're they are a pretty cautious team with stuff. Bears, on the other hand, trade up to get those guys. Difference in philosophy, I guess. But it's going to be fun. I mean, th- this really is a fun period of the off season. I mean, the combine is fun, but it's it's such a flurry. Um, you need the kind of the the dust to settle and to kind of recalibrate and refigure out what the opinions of these guys are. Relearn some names that you you maybe didn't know. Maybe forget some names that you did, like David Bell. <laughs> I was kind of kind of had him circled. He just seemed kind of perfect to me. He's built like Devontae. He's underwhelming, so Packer fans of all the wide receivers, this is like the one they're probably not going to want. He's kind of a second round guy, so people are going to say it's a reach. Uh, he's he's probably going to fall out of the second round, so I can forget that one. But I'm excited. Stay tuned. And again, we've got uh, we've got two other podcasts. I'm hoping to bring on a third. I'm, I've, I've got a conversation scheduled with someone. And again, my goal this offseason is expansion. I'm trying to focus more heavily on um, the podcast right now just because I can't can't do too many things at once. But once I get that filled out and a little stabilized and we kind of get that kind of settled, then uh, looking to expand in other directions. And again, there's there's always video content. I've talked to a lot of people, but it just it hasn't really materialized. I think it's kind of a complicated thing to work out the structure of that, especially since I'm not even doing it that much. So it becomes kind of complicated. But I've had some offers for people to write, which I got to figure out the structure of that. Um, and then the, the other big thing that I would love to have is just tracking the media. Because that's not just a Packers thing. That's something everybody would be interested in. And it's also something that the writers and everything else, they can't ignore that. People are going to reference their score every single time they make some kind of a comment, and they're not going to be able to ignore that. They might trash it, they might mock it, and that's fine, because there's no such thing as bad publicity. But we got the receipts, because that's our entire job. You know what I mean? So anyways, that's it. I'm going to leave it at that. Again, if you're interested, if you're... Uh, if you're currently a podcaster, even if you're a, a YouTuber, because you've got pretty much everything you need to be a podcaster, it's just a once a week thing. I want it to be a smaller commitment. Um, I've got an audience ready for you. If you need a logo, I'll get you a logo. I just got uh, I just got one for Clayton. Actually, I got several, and he's got to pick one. Got some other little things to make this a little bit more official. But I think once we get to seven, I'm just going to cut it off at that point. So get in while you can. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye.